Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, because of the holiday, we've taken a short break from the book of Matthew. Here's part two of Pastor Michael's special apologetics teaching called The Origins of Halloween. Now, it is true that there are themes of Halloween that uh, are from the morbidly supernatural, but they've been pretty much sanitized for popular consumption. So Christians should not respond to Halloween like superstitious pagans do, because greater is he that is in us than what? He that is in the world. So we don't have to freak out. I was telling uh, the group recently, we were going through the Mark of the Beast, and I said, look, if, if your food totals up to $6.66, be calm, don't freak out, don't say, I have to buy some gum and get it off that number. It's all right. Look, there's a specific meaning to that, and it doesn't have to do with if your food totaled $6.66, okay? Christians need to calm down and understand that our God is on the throne. Amen. Our God reigns. But there are pagans who are, and when I say a pagan, I'll define that in a second, who are, you know, they think that there's something special about this night, and this is a little bit of the history that we have to talk about. And so uh, we have to understand uh, the extremes and find that place where we can be wise and share the truth with people. One thing that we do know, and this is found in Deuteronomy, let's go over there, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, is the children of Israel were warned not, warned not to embrace the ways of the pagan cultures. Let me go ahead and define the word pagan. The word pagan doesn't necessarily mean a person who's just secular or non-religious. A pagan, technically, is a person who believes in multiple gods or goddesses and who believes that those gods and goddesses are connected to nature and that it's often expressed in something called pantheism. Pantheism is all God. Pan is all. Theism means God. And they believe God is in everything. So they believe that God's in the trees, God's uh, perhaps in animals and so forth, in nature, and they see gods and goddesses in everything. So some years ago, I was helping a young man try to make the high school baseball team, and I was hitting him fly balls, and he was missing a lot of them because he hadn't played baseball for a long time. And there was a guy out in center field in the park, and he was doing some of this kind of stuff. <sighs> he was just doing some weird movements. So I was just kind of watching him and keeping an eye on him, and I had the kid out in center field. And so I, when we went to collect the baseballs, I said, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fine. <laughs> and I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, I just like to get in touch with nature. By the, I like to feel the energy around me. I said, well, I said, I'm a Christian. What do you think about Jesus? Oh, Jesus is pretty cool. Every now and then I like to go to church just to feel the energy in the building. <laughs> I'm serious. So I said, well, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about Jesus? And could you stop moving around like that for just a couple of minutes? 
oh, Jesus is pretty cool. I like him. Yeah. I said, you know, Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Oh, the movement stopped. Well, I don't believe that. Well, that's what Jesus said, and you just said you thought he's pretty cool. Well, he said, I'm the way to God. So what do you think about that? Well, the conversation quickly ended. We collected our baseballs, but here's what we have to be able to do. We have to be able to, just in the normal, everything, everyday things of life, to share the truth of Jesus. And sometimes we only have a brief moment of time. Deuteronomy 18, verse 9 says, When you enter the land, Deuteronomy 18, 9, which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, something that the ancients did under a god called Molech, one who uses divination, we'll talk about that in a second, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell or a medium or spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For whoever does these things is what? Detestable to the Lord. It seems like God has a pretty dim view of those kinds of things. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. If you want to know why the nations were driven out of the promised land, that's part of the reason right there. God drove them out because of what they did. Their religious practices were detestable to the Lord. You shall be blameless, 13, before the Lord your God. For those nations which you shall dispossess, listen to those who practice witchcraft and to diviners. But as for you... The Lord your God has not allowed you to do so. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. Moses is pointing to Jesus from among you, from your countrymen, and you shall listen to him. And so somewhere in the past, probably somewhere around 1,000 to even 100 BC, there was a group called the Druids. The Druids were from the area of the British Isles, and they were kind of like the pagans or the New Agers of their day. And they got involved in what's called nature worship. And so they thought gods, goddesses were in everything, in the trees, in the animals. That's why a lot of those people who are in these areas are very environmentally uh, involved because they believe in protecting the environment. They're doing something to uh, help with uh, what they worship. And so they began to celebrate a holiday called, it's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, Samhain. But as you read a little bit more on, on this, they say it's pronounced Samhain, Samhain. And this is a night, and remember, this is what they believed. This is not what we believe. This is what they believed. They believed that the celebrations of the seasons were the most important thing. So when it moved from, for example, uh, into the winter season and the days got shorter and the trees were not producing crops and that kind of thing, at the change of the season, they would call it a festival, they believed that something spiritually happened. They believed that on that night of, they wouldn't call it Halloween, but on this night, of October the 31st, kind of in that changed into the winter season, the veil between the living and the dead was the thinnest. So they thought that this was the time of year that spirits could walk among the people. And uh, if a loved one who had passed on, you know, had died, they could revisit their homes and that kind of thing. 
And this is where some of the stories of ghosts come from. So just so you understand, this is not what we believe. This is what they believe. And they believe that on this night, ghosts could be especially active. So some of you have seen movies and stuff, and maybe you've participated in this where people tell ghost stories, right? And they put the flashlight in their face on a dark night. Many moons ago, there was a dog, (laughs) you know, and whatever. Anyway, thank you for the background sound there, by the way. And so people say, oh, that was a spooky story. Spooky, right? And I'm spooked out. And, And some people like that kind of stuff. They like to get kind of spooked out. I don't recommend that. I don't see really what's great about it. I guess if you could say that you know it's fantasy, if you know, for example, if you watch a movie and you know it's in the fantasy realm, then okay, that's one thing. But we know horror movies and that kind of thing have been big in our culture, and so we we need to be careful with that. So in the history of this holiday practiced by the Druids, the church did something. And the church throughout its history, right, wrong, or indifferent, here's what the church would do. The church would look at a pagan holiday on the calendar and try to put a Christian remembrance on the date of that holiday to basically take it on or confront it. So here's what happened in AD 835. Pope Gregory IV designated November 1st as All Saints Day. What's All Saints Day? All Saints Day is a holiday on the Christian calendar that remembers faithful saints of old who lived and died for the gospel. So on November the 1st, they would remember those who had went before us, like the Apostle Paul and like other faithful Christians. And there would be a day to celebrate their lives. The night before All Saints Day was called All Hallows Evening. It was the evening before. We have a holiday called Christmas, and we have Christmas Eve. Many of you enjoy going to Christmas Eve services. It's become a holy night for many of you. Why? Because it anticipates Christmas Day. We'll put the dating aside for a second and just say, that's a special night for a lot of us as believers. Why? Because the next day we remember the birth of our Savior, right? Well, the day before All Saints Day on November 1st was October 31st. And it was called by the church All Hallows Evening. The word hallow, think about it, is holy. Jesus said, our Father who art in heaven, pray this way, hallowed be your name, right? So there's nothing wrong with hallowed. That's a good thing. It means holy. And so Halloween is a shortened version of All Hallows Evening. Some of the letters were just kind of taken away and the word was scrunched into Halloween. And so Halloween technically is a Christian alternative to a pagan holiday, All Hallows Evening. But would you know that if I asked you, if I did a survey right now, most of you wouldn't know that that was the history. But what you do need to know is that there was no fixed date for All Saints Day for a lot of the history of the church, is my understanding. So it was placed on this day, and it was really the initial Halloween alternative was set back in AD 835. So some people may say, should churches have Halloween alternatives? Well, the church has been practicing it for quite a long time. And in fact, 
there's, there's a little bit of debate now, but even our celebration of Christmas and the date of Christmas takes on a pagan holiday. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team and everyone at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California are excited to invite you to our upcoming Harvest Fest that we hold on October 31st each year. In fact, this is our 12th year doing it. This year, we will have a super fun carnival theme with game booths, decorated trunks for trunks and treats, food, and fun inflatables. Harvest Fest is on October 31st from 5.30 to 8.30 at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. The address is 1009 Arsenal Way. That's 1009 Arsenal Way. For questions and directions, call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. If I did a survey right now, most of you wouldn't know that that was the history. But what you do need to know is that there was no fixed date for All Saints Day for a lot of the history of the church, is my understanding. So it was placed on this day... And it was really the initial Halloween alternative was set back in AD 835. So some people may say, should churches have Halloween alternatives? Well, the church has been practicing it for quite a long time. And in fact, there's, there's a little bit of debate now, but even our celebration of Christmas and the date of Christmas takes on a pagan holiday. And so here's what the church did. The church wasn't living and dying with dates so much. It was just saying, look, if the pagan world is going to be superstitious and weird and freaked out on this night, we'll do something Christian on this night as an alternative to glorify God and point people to the gospel. Amen? So this is what the church did. Now, here's what the problem was, though. Oftentimes, when the church did something like that, the pagan elements of the holiday in paganism mixed with Christian elements sometimes produced not so Christian results. Sometimes the two blended together and it wasn't necessarily a healthy blending. Travis Allen again comments. He says, new converts found these holidays to be a stumbling block to their faith. So new believers to deal with the problem, the organized church would directly challenge a pagan holiday. The intent was to counter the pagan influences and provide a Christian alternative. But most often, the church only succeeded in Christianizing a pagan ritual. The ritual was still pagan, but mixed with Christian symbolism. That's what happened to All Saints' Eve. It was the original Halloween, Halloween alternative, close quote. So sometimes we all, and it's unbelievable, but here we are coming on the Christmas season again. And you drive through your neighborhood you're getting close to Christmas and look around a little bit. What do you see? How many manger scenes do you see? Oh, there's a lot of frosties. There's a lot of reindeer that move in a cool way. Look like they're eating something, right? There's Santa coming down the roof. You know, he's on skis, right? Hey, we all enjoy going to see the lights. By the way, I drive people crazy around the church. I will admit it. I love the lights of Christmas. 
I like to see the lights. I like to put lights on the church. And the team says, oh, Pastor Michael, please keep it to a minimum this year. I like to raise the bar every year. Let's do 2,000 lights on the church. <laughs> right? <laughs> Why? So we can be the light of the world. And so All Saints Day and All Hallows Evening became a challenge to an ancient Druid holiday. So some of the symbols that you see around you on this holiday, you'll see imagery of death, skeletons, skulls, black, all of this stuff, ties to their thought that the veil was the thinnest on this night. And so they thought that somehow if there was a chance to communicate with those who had moved on, those who had died, it would be on this night. And there are some people who apparently still think that today. Do we believe they're right? No. No, we, d- we don't believe they're right. But we will say this. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, The devil prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to what? Devour. It doesn't say only on October 31st or only in a magnified way on October 31st. No. No, we know that we're in a spiritual battle, but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. So if you're a recent convert to Christianity, and maybe you have some of this stuff, you know, in your background, I understand um, how this might trouble you in terms of, you know, how Christians may or may not participate. But here's what you need to know. You've been delivered from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light, in the kingdom of God's beloved son. You don't have to fear anything anymore, including death itself. The only fear that the culture should have, if you want to talk about a healthy fear, is to fear the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Of wisdom. And it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. If you don't know him, then get to know him. We should be preaching that. That's a healthy fear. I'm not saying go go around and say to people, fear the Lord, right? But I am saying to people, I'm saying that you should preach the gospel in truth to people. The ancient Druids believed that this night was the time of no time. And they believed that the spirits would go around and maybe even harass people. We don't believe this. This is what they believed. I just want to qualify. So you had to treat them so they wouldn't trick you. So if a spirit was coming by your house, I don't know what this would look like. You had to put Snickers bars out on the porch (laughs) so that they would be happy with you. And if you didn't treat them, they could trick you. This is where trick or treat comes from. So when we, you know, Ring a doorbell if you take your kids trick-or-treating. And you say, trick-or-treat, this is kind of, this is connected to the ancient idea that spirits had to be treated or they would trick you. And so people thought that the spirits could show up in different forms, even grotesque kind of forms. And so if you didn't treat them, they might trick you. So if you put a costume on, they might think you're one of them and leave you alone. So you, if you put a weird-looking costume on, they might just say, how are you doing? Just think you're another spirit. Hopefully you wouldn't have to have a conversation with them. You just high-five them as they float by. You know, I'm doing all right. I don't know what spirit talk, how spirits talk, but hey, yeah. What do you think of the Dodgers? You know? 
We don't believe this. That's what they believed. Everybody understand? We don't believe this. That's what they believed. So they would sometimes dress up to think that they would be protected from evil on this night. Or they would leave food out on the porch. Or they would do things like make huge bonfires because fires were supposed to uh, scare the spirits away. So if you made a big enough fire, no spirits or spooks would mess with you. This is what they believed. And so people did all these different things and they got involved in these practices and they largely did them, please hear me well, out of fear. Fear of what? Well, as a Christian, you don't need to live in fear, right? Jesus Christ has removed even the fear of death. He's conquered the devil. He made an open spectacle of principalities and powers triumphing over them through the cross. So you can be at peace. You can breathe easy. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You're protected by the power of God. Your place is reserved in heaven. All of those things belong to you as a Christian. One of the greatest things that you can do as a Christian is understand your identity in Jesus. Once you understand who you are in Jesus, you don't have to freak out about what other people freak out about. You don't, because you have a hope in you, and that hope is the anchor of your soul. You've been listening to The Origins of Halloween, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's special apologetics teaching. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We'd also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with the final word. Well, maybe as you listen to the origins of Halloween, this might be new territory for you. And maybe you're wondering, well, what does the Bible teach about like spirits and ghosts and that kind of thing? You know, when you have a biblical worldview, you see everything through the lens of the Bible. And the Bible does teach that there's a a spiritual realm. Within that spiritual realm, of course, there are spirits that would be angels on the good side and demons on the evil side. There's really no evidence that the ghost of a dead person haunts a certain place, etc. The Bible doesn't really talk about that. There's a Jewish tradition that talks about a spirit hanging around for, I think, four days. But that's just a tradition. There's an interesting story in the Old Testament where Saul goes to a medium and Samuel shows up. But that would not be the norm. Um, So what we have in the Bible is angels and demons. And if there's any weird stuff going on somewhere where there might be, you know, some weird um, activity, etc., and it seems to be dark, well, then that would be demonic. And that's where, of course, um, we don't want any part of that. I would just say that's what we would attribute that to. So 
I hope that helps in terms of your questions about some of these areas of life that can be a little bit, you know, strange and etc. Just just remember as a believer, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And of course, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Tonight at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor, we are doing a Harvest Fest, the greatest joy on earth. We're going to be pointing to the light of the world, Jesus, and it's happening tonight, 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. The church is located uh, 1009 Arsenal Way in the city of Corona, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. And we'd love to have you come on, come on out. Uh, enjoy the evening. It's a safe environment. It's fun. There's candy. There's music. There's a cakewalk. There's um, trunk or uh, trunks uh, decorated, you know, with uh, great themes, Bible themes. It's going to be a fun night. The kids can dress up as long as it's not a scary costume. And we're going to have a great time. And we're going to be pointing people to the truth of Jesus and also just let people experience the redeemed community of God and the love of God among his people. Happening tonight, for more information, go to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. I hope to see you here. God bless. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's special apologetics teaching called The Origins of Halloween. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.